Hello and welcome to One Golden Moment. This is season six, episode four. My name is Benjamin Coleman. I'm a football beat writer and also the podcast producer. Today we have a very special guest back again for another episode. You heard him last week. He's here again, fellow football beat writer, William Cook. Will, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thank you, Ben. Yeah, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking and thanks for being back on this podcast. Um, We have a lot in store for you guys today um, and a lot to talk about. Cal had quite the game against Notre Dame this weekend. And so we are going to be breaking that down, talking about controversies, key takeaways, what it all means and everything else. Um, There's a lot to say about that for sure. And then also because football just keeps going, Cal opens up Pac-12 play against Arizona, also homecoming uh, coming up this weekend. So we'll give you guys a little preview and some predictions for that at the end of the episode as well. But to start things off, let's get into this Notre Dame game. And there is a lot to unpack. But before we get to anything with the crazy ending or anything else, I think we should start a little bit from the beginning because this game started a lot different from how it finished um, in that it started pretty slowly. Both offenses struggled to get things going. A lot of three and outs. Will, I'd love to hear from you. What were you thinking when this game started, seeing both of these offensive struggle? Um, any thoughts? And I guess just generally on how the first quarter played out in this game. Yeah, um, I was obviously going into the game. I knew that uh, Notre Dame's starting quarterback, um Buckner was out um and that uh Drew Pine was the new starting quarterback so going into the game I knew that Cal had a shot if they could um kind of rattle Pine a little bit to begin with um and yeah in the first quarter Cal didn't even need to really rattle him uh he was just missing throws um not finding receivers um yeah and quite honestly it seemed to me like it things were going downhill really quickly for Notre Dame in the first quarter um and it didn't seem like they were going to turn it around um it was genuinely difficult to watch um it, you know if I had put myself in in the shoes of a Notre Dame fan I would have been um actually yeah pretty shocked shocked um, at how bad Pine was and how bad that offense was. Um, I thought, yeah, if, if Cal can jump out to a lead and maybe defend it for most of the game, I thought they had a good chance, and they did. They jumped out to a, a lead. Um, so, yeah, in the first quarter, I really thought Cal was in with a great chance, um, especially if Notre Dame couldn't get their offense going. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page as you. It was I expected that Drew Pine would struggle a little bit to start the game, but um, I guess to the level that he couldn't get going, I don't think was something anybody expected. We kept seeing those cuts to, uh, I don't know if it was his offensive coordinator or who it was on the phone with Drew Pine, just tearing into him. And it seemed it was a tough situation for Notre Dame for sure. And I think in a way it was a missed opportunity for Cal in that they also started slow with some three and outs of their own, but it was, I guess, a defensive battle would be a nice way to put it. Sluggish football is more like the reality. But the f- first quarter ended, nodded at zero. But you're right, Cal did eventually 
strike first to take the lead. Um, it began with a pretty big takeaway from Femi Oladejo, Oladejo uh, jumping on a fumble, ended with a touchdown pass, first of his career to J. Michael Sturdivant. Sturdivant uh, Cal looked pretty good on the defensive end and then capitalizing uh, for the first touchdown of the game. Any thoughts, I guess, on Cal striking first and how that all played out? Yeah, um, that's exactly what Cal needed to do if they're going to beat Notre Dame in South Bend. Um, is kind of punch first, um, and yeah, as far as I remember, the the play was drawn up great, great execution. Sturdivant was wide open, um, so I don't know what was going on in the backfield for Notre Dame there. Um, I don't think it was any kind of great route running. I can't remember from Sturdivant that they got him free. Um, but yeah, that, that first touchdown, um, it's, it's interesting because it, it kind of summed up the rest of the game. Um, Cal scores a touchdown and then they're, uh, inexplicably penalized for, um, well, excessive celebration. I believe it was unsportsmanlike conduct on, uh, J. Michael Sturdivant for the celebration after the touchdown. Um, and I have seen players do a lot more and a lot worse, um, than basically a little dance move, like hips moving around and like he's stirring, it's like he was stirring a pot. Kind mm-hmm. of. Um, he did that twice and then jumped up in the air and apparently that was just too much, uh, for the ACC officials. Um, so that was that first touchdown kind of told me everything I needed to know about what was going to happen the rest of the game. It just seemed like um, it seemed as though someone was out for Cal. Um, Mm. And um, I I won't uh, make that accusation, but it seemed that way. Um, Even though that certainly was not the case. Hmm. Uh, But um, yeah, that that touchdown definitely set the tone um, for, for the rest of the game. Absolutely. I think it's interesting. There is one call in particular that's going to get a lot of attention, which we're going to talk about very soon. But you're right. That excessive celebration was another questionable one. Um, And it did actually play a role because Notre Dame, they respond on that very next drive. So let's talk about it a little bit. Um, I think it would be, I guess, 15 yards that helps Notre Dame start the drive very noticeably the game plan shifts i think they realize after i think six drives without a first down maybe this is their sixth drew pine he's not throwing more than 10 yards he's not getting anything going and so they start putting the ball in the hands of their running backs um really changing the game plan and starting to get some momentum but it does seem like cal is able to hold them to a field goal the field goal is missed and then there's the offside penalty. Uh, I'm sure there is a lot we can say about it. Will, why don't you just give me initial thoughts, breaking down what was going on, um, how you feel about that call and, and its impact on the game? Yeah, well, how I feel about the call is um, that it's almost as if the call was made before the play, the ball had even been snapped. Uh, it's almost as if the referees were looking uh, for something that just wasn't there. Um, 
in the replay, I don't see anyone in the neutral zone. Um, when the ball is snapped, no one moves basically until it reaches the holder's hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, I don't know if it was Lumagia Hearns or someone else who was. Who do you, do you know who was called for the offside? They, they called it on yeah, number fifteen, Lumagia Hearns, who didn't seem to move a muscle. In my opinion, he might have been the furthest one back from the line, honestly, mm-hmm. and did not move. Like I think he, if anything. The coaches should be a little bit mad at him for not moving sooner. Hmm. Um, I mean, he got a terrible jump, quite honestly. And yet he got, uh, there was a flag because he apparently moved too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, inexplicable. Inexplicable. I've never, I mean, I've watched a lot of football mm-hmm. and I have never seen a call that, like that bad before um it wasn't even a 50 50 ball that you know one could argue over or maybe if we had a different camera angle no this was just bad mm-hmm. um and yeah it had effects on the rest of the game obviously notre dame scores that touchdown right after that uh two plays later i believe mm-hmm. um and i believe it was a, a touchdown pass to michael mayer the t- tight end uh, you can correct me if i'm wrong but um, just right over the middle and yeah, deflated after going up seven zero, um, thinking that the luck is on your side that day. Um, after Notre Dame missed the field goal, Notre Dame gets another chance. Um, and so, yeah, that, that, uh, that call was huge. It's mm-hmm. not, it's, it was early in the game and people will say, well, Cal had, however many drives after that to to make up for that one mistake from the referees. Um, but I think it's important to also remember that one mistake, especially in that situation, is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference between getting the ball back on your own 30 um, and being up 7-0, um, maybe taking that lead into the end of the first quarter and um, being tied mm-hmm. away against Notre Dame. So it was a big call. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, and I agree with you. I don't know if I've seen a more inexplicable decision than this one. It was very, very strange to say the least. Um, looking even after at all the replays at the drawing of the line to see if anybody jumped offside on that missed kick, there did not seem to be anything there. And so um, it is fair to say like, Absolutely. In an ideal world, Cal football should be playing a strong enough game that it doesn't come down to a bad call or come down to a mistake like that. But nevertheless, that's what happens in these close games sometimes. And my personal opinion, I think the game might have. I mean, you can't concern yourself with hypotheticals. I think the game would have swung the other way had Cal instead got the call in their direction and what I think was the correct direction, which was nothing happened. That was a missed field goal. And they get the ball back with momentum, with a lead rather than all of a sudden Notre Dame being back in the game. Um, But that's what happened. Instead, we end up with a tie game. Cal does take a field goal uh, just before half to go in with a 10, seven lead uh, into the second half. But I think, it completely shifted the direction of the game. And yeah, I still am 
thinking about it and asking questions because it was it was a difference maker for sure uh, and and just unfortunate for for Cal. Uh, I don't know if Wilcox has said anything about it. I don't think he did, but um, I'm sure they are. And you saw on the sideline that there were definitely some some question marks and, and wondering what was going on with the referees. I also don't know if Notre Dame or the officials have said anything, but. I know that so so um, in uh, Jake Curtis's Sports Illustrated article on the game mm -hmm. is that Wilcox said, it's a hard question for me to answer. I understand it, but all we can do is control what's in front of us and things that we can control. Mm -hmm. In terms of officiating, there's really nothing to say. You got to watch the game. Um, so basically gave us nothing other mm -hmm. than um, clearly you know, he wasn't happy with the call, but um, he wasn't going to uh, risk getting fined um, or, you know, he's, he's not a coach. He doesn't strike me as a coach who, uh, who likes to complain about that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it seemed like he was animated on the sideline after the call, understandably, mm -hmm. the rest in the earful, but um, I don't think he's going to say a whole lot about it after that. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he, ends up um, filing some sort of complaint. Mm -hmm. I know that he can go to the Pac-12 officiating crew um, and have them speak with their um, colleagues over at the ACC. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not like this is going to change the outcome of the game or anything. Um, so, But it'll, it'll be interesting to see if, if Wilcox does take that step or not. Yeah, I am... I credit Wilcox. He's definitely a very diplomatic coach who you wouldn't see um, airing out the refs after the game. And I think it was in character for him not to do anything crazy. Uh, but I do wonder behind closed doors what the players and what what he's thinking about that, because um, it was it was shocking, I would say. Uh, but we've talked a lot about the call. There was still an entire second half of football and. Cal did have that slight lead, but Notre Dame, uh, they get another touchdown to take a 14 to 10 lead. And once again, it comes on another penalty that's costly for Cal. I think this one less of a question mark, but still uh, impactful. It came on what looked like a third down stop. Instead, Cal got called for targeting. Uh, the Cal player gets ejected from the game. Notre Dame has their drive continue and they end up uh, punching it in. Audric Estime, I believe, him and Chris Tyree were tearing it up uh, all game long, the two running backs for Notre Dame, both catching passes and running. And here, again, sticking with that running the ball game plan, uh, they managed to punch it in and take a lead for Notre Dame. Any thoughts on this drive, the penalty, Notre Dame's performance, anything else? Yeah, um, I think... Notre Dame started doing what they should have been doing right from the start. Um, I know they wanted to get Drew Pine uh, comfortable. Um, but, yeah, quite honestly, their O-line um, and their running backs are their strengths. Um, so once they started running the ball, um, Cal really did have trouble stopping that. Um, yeah, the penalty on the targeting call on Blake Ancelotti's uh, that cost Cal a, a third down stop. Um, and it eventually led to that touchdown, as you said. It's just a um, 
lack of concentration. I think, um, yeah, just got a little too excited that he was going to get to the quarterback. Um, he'd already put pressure on Pine, um, and I believe Pine had thrown it away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just just a bad decision. And he got an earful from um, Wilcox on the sideline uh, after the play. Um, just lack of discipline. Um, and, and yeah, quite honestly, dirty, I should say. Mm-hmm. He led with the crown of his helmet, forcible contact to the head area. Um, it, it was, it was a bad look. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and it was the right call. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunate for Cal that it comes down to some, a little mistake like that, but that's, those, that's the difference in games like this is, one little holding call, uh, one little uh, a targeting call um, mm-hmm. can can really can really hurt you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think you're right. You picked up on that theme of, of costly penalties early, and once again, it, it strikes for Cal. But this one, other than maybe it being unfortunate that it's a hit to the head because Blake had like it seemed like a pretty big size advantage. There's not much debate you can, you can have on it. And it was unfortunate. And I think the right call as well. And so that's what happens. Notre Dame takes the lead. Um, I did want to talk briefly about Cal's response because they did respond pretty strongly uh, to Carlos Brooks, given the ball um, a few times, really strong running and manages to once again, tie the game. Any thoughts on this play in particular or just generally how Cal did to, in this game, I guess, respond to adversity and, and keep stride with Notre Dame when they were taking leads and and really pushing the Bears? Yeah. Um, I think a, a Cal team of past years um, might have panicked um, in a game like this um, and just gotten had the game get away from them early. Mm-hmm. Um, Notre Dame wasn't especially um, wasn't especially um, especially good um, this time around, um, and but Cal still, um, you know, it's easy to to underperform uh, in a situation like that, going to a big school um, in front of all those fans, um, and so yeah, Cal definitely kept pace throughout the game. And I think in a large part that has to do with um, quarterback Jack Plummer, who just seems a lot more poised um, Mm -hmm. and and control of the offense. Um, Garbers, you know, may have had 40 or 50 more running yards, rushing yards than Plummer on this particular day, if he'd swapped him out, Mm -hmm. Uh, but he may have not done as well overall. The offense may have not performed as well overall, I think, because, um plumber is he just seemed poised mm-hmm. in the pocket. He's willing to um feel pressure um and only scramble when he really needs to. I believe mm-hmm. it was the last drive of the game, uh third and long, it may have been, mm-hmm. uh, or even just third and short, third and four, something like that. Um and he got out of um a, a tricky spot in the pocket, stepped up. Um, and the, only then did he decide to, to take off running and got got the first down. So mm-hmm. I think it was little little things like that 
that just kept Cal in the game. Um, he wasn't taking huge losses other than I believe in the first half um, there was a sack or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Cal wasn't put in some, some uh, third and really long situations. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it seemed to me like he was completing passes and um, moving Cal down the field. Um, or at least picking up yards on first or second down to put them in a good place on third down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, he, I think he had a solid performance. Uh, I think that that was part of Cal keeping pace with Notre Dame. Yeah, I agree. I think I was impressed with Plummer this game. Um, he came in not known for his mobility, but on multiple times he was able to when the pocket collapsed, scramble out for for gains, which I thought was impressive. And on paper, his counting stats weren't mind-blowing, but you're right, I think he showed great composure and and helped Cal keep calm and almost lead a potentially game-tying drive, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, But yeah, overall, I thought strong performance from him. Uh, We touched on it a little bit with the sacks. Cal's offensive line, still plenty of question marks there um, in how they hold, held up. But Cal kept in it, took a lead, actually, 17-14 to 14 into the fourth quarter. And then it is the Irish who score 10 straight points. They kick a field goal, touchdown pass to take a 24-17 lead. And then all of a sudden, you are under 10 minutes Cal is given a couple opportunities for game tying drives uh, to see if they can work some magic in South Bend. So we'll talk about them all. um, And of course, we'll get to the Hail Mary. But before that, I'd love to talk a little bit about the couple drives leading up to it, because there were some interesting uh, occurrences, I thought. Firstly, Cal moving the ball pretty well. We had one of those plumber scrambles. They convert on fourth down, and then they're sitting on the Notre Dame 22, fourth and 10 situation. They could kick a field goal to move the game to within four, potentially. Instead, go for it on fourth and 10. Plummer is sacked there, I believe, and and end up uh, turning the ball over on downs. I'm curious your thoughts on that drive. Also, your thoughts on the decision to go for it there versus kicking the field goal. Yeah. Um, I, if, if it was fourth and five, fourth and four, um, I can understand it. Um, I, I understand the math doesn't work out. Um, you're still down four with only a few minutes remaining. Either way, you need a touchdown. Um, so, so I, I get all that. I'm sure there was a good reason to do it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's those little things. If, if Cal had executed on that play, Mm -hmm. um, completely different game. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's why, I mean, we talked earlier about missed calls from the referees, um, little things Cal could have done differently, the targeting call. Um, when it comes down to it, like Cal lost this game, um, they got super close. They could have been luckier. Um, but yeah, if they were better, they would have converted on that fourth and 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the O-line didn't get it done. Plummer gets sacked. Um, and it's also one of those things, right? Like 
if Cal had converted on fourth and 10 there, mm-hmm. um, Will Cox would have been praised for his decision. Um, you know, he would have been praised for the the bravery of it. Um, and so, you know, it's just a what if mm-hmm. scenario. Um, and so, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not terribly, um, concerned about that particular call. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand the reason for doing it. If Calzo line maybe was better, um, then it would have been a different story, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, um, definitely not mad about that that decision that's not what cost cal at all um Mm -hmm. maybe taking the points would have been better in that situation just to have that mental edge we're only down four now instead of seven Mm -hmm. um but i don't think that's a huge difference maker um cal still needed to get a stop um so uh yeah not not a not a big deal in the end yeah i Honestly, I think you can't necessarily judge these calls based on the outcomes because, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. I think, given the situation, um, I don't hate it. I actually think Cal didn't necessarily think they'd get back into that situation with how uh, the offense was playing. I honestly, I feel like doing it again, I still respect the decision and maybe agree with it. It didn't work out, but when you're there, you play to tie the game. And so that happened, but instead it doesn't pan out. I think we should briefly give a bit of credit to Cal's defense because they did a good job um, not letting Notre Dame get any first downs, giving the offense a couple opportunities. The next drive goes nowhere for Cal. Uh, I think they maybe took another sack, but regardless, it's a three and out and they're kicking out of their own end zone, burning their timeouts. And so once again, the defense stands up and then it leaves Cal with the ball on offense um, from their own 25-yard line, a minute and three left, no timeouts, a chance to tie the game. Uh, let's talk about this final drive uh, because it was madness. I feel like we should maybe do it in segments because there's a lot to say. So it, it starts one drive, but it was really half the game. I mean, it, it, was... it felt like it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so firstly, maybe the craziest, I thought this was the craziest part. Cal gets nothing going. I think they went three and out, have a fourth down, obviously have to go for it. It's another, it's not even an incomplete pass. It's an interception. It looks like the game is over. And then we talk about how penalties can swing games just an inexplicable decision from a Notre Dame player um, targeting on a receiver who wasn't even uh, in the vicinity, but it happens a split second before the interception is thrown. And so all of a sudden Cal is given life again. Um, At least for me, I think this is one of the craziest moments I've witnessed in a long time watching college football and almost disastrous for Notre Dame, but that's how the drive started out. What were you feeling in that moment? Any thoughts on, the first of actually a couple chances where Cal looked like they were dead and then given a little bit of hope. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I think it, things kind of have a way of evening out um, that the targeting call um, on the Notre Dame player against uh, Jade, not um, 
was quite honestly dirtier than the Anzalados hit. Um, Anzalados putting pressure on Pine, whereas uh, this I can't remember the Notre Dame player who got ejected, um, but Ott wasn't even in the play really. He was just watching the flight of the ball, um, and as soon as he turned around, um, it was, I think it was a Notre Dame linebacker just drilled him uh, right in the face mask. Um, and so, yeah, things kind of evened out in the end in that sense. Um, and yeah, it gave, gave Jack Plummer another chance. I was disappointed that the drive I thought was going to end that soon um, because I knew Cal could do a lot better than that. Um, and so, yeah, in that sense, you do have luck on your side. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like Notre Dame, you could say Notre Dame got lucky more than Cal got lucky. Um, but I think it kind of evened out at the end of the day. And I think Mm -hmm. a better team won, um, in the end. Um, and so, yeah, that, that, that first interception, uh, that was called back because of the targeting targeting call, um, I think kind of kind of demonstrated that things mm-hmm. have evening out, and it, they did in this game. Absolutely, um, yeah. And I thought for Cal, it was nice that the game didn't end that way. If they were going to lose, I appreciated them pushing down the field a little bit more, and that's exactly what they did. Plummer puts together some completions. They're moving into Notre Dame territory. And then once again, it looks like the game is over. Plummer looks to have fumbled the football. Notre Dame returns it for a scoop and score touchdown, or so we think. Go to the replay booths. It turns out Plummer's knee was down. um, And Cal once again gets lucky or whatever you want to call it, and and another breath of, of life at the dying seconds of the game. Anything you want to say or thoughts on a second kind of crazy occurrence on that final drive, keeping Cal uh, in the game with one final chance? Yeah, I mean, again, you get lucky, right? Because um, if the referees had called Plummer down immediately, mm-hmm. Cal would not have had enough time to get another playoff. Um, I believe there were less, there was less than 10 seconds left on the clock um, when his knee went down. Um, If not, it was 15 um, and the clock ran down 10 seconds. So there were only five seconds left, Mm -hmm. I believe. Um, Even then, I mean, Cal basically gets a free time out there. Um, Musgrave gets his offense in order. Um, it's not like, you know, that Hail Mary pass at the end was um, some sort of great play design. That was what they had to do. Um, but at least it gives your offense a breather and you can kind of check in and um, make sure everyone everything's in order um, before you didn't have to rush a, uh, a snap, uh, a last Hail Mary um, with 15 seconds left. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that sense, Cal kind of gets lucky there. Um, you might be able to get another playoff. Um, if you have those 15 seconds, get a little bit closer. I don't think that was going to make the difference. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, 
it, it seems it seemed at the time that oh Cal's very unlucky um uh, scoop and score touchdown to end the game um but in reality yeah I kind of things worked out um for Plumber in that sense absolutely um and it was my goodness how thrilling and and stressful for I think fans of both sides everything that went on and it only got crazier with the final play of the game uh where to start mind-blowing uh so it's a hail mary fourth and ten to um it's no matter what the last play of the game zeros on the clock plumber throws up a prayer to the end zone um usually with hail marys you'll see the defense bat it down it might not even reach the end zone um this one was different because it gets there and not only does it get there cal has not only one chance they have multiple opportunities it starts with i think maven anderson has the first opportunity to to grab it hits him not able to secure it Notre Dame also has chances, but instead of batting the ball down, it looks like they go for the interception. And because of that, it's still bouncing around in the pile for like multiple seconds that that felt much longer watching it live. And then finally, maybe the most painful part for Cal fans, um, you have Jeremiah Hunter, I believe, on the ground. And he has the ball hit him in the hands, I think twice. Um, Just incredible watching in the slow motion replay because Cal really had a chance there. Um, Will, talk to me about your thoughts on that Hail Mary, everything that was going on uh, and any, any takeaways from that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, like you said, perfect placement from uh plumber um, right, um, right past the goal line. Um, so it wasn't too far back in the end zone. There wasn't any chance of it sailing over. Um, and if it, that's exactly what I think where you want to put it, um, cause if it bounces out, you can have a player there ready to catch it and run it in. Um, and so he put it right on the money. Um, maybe if Anderson was a couple inches taller, he may have gotten into it. Uh, but like you said, like the really heartbreaking part, um, was I think at one point the ball was an inch above Jeremiah Hunter's chest. Mm-hmm. Um, and really all he had to do, I say all he had to do, but all he had to do was put his hands over the ball onto his chest. Um, and it, it just, I don't know. I, I, Wilcox said in his press conference afterwards, like you don't train catching the football on the ground on your back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just luck again. Um, you know, maybe other five out of 10 receivers secure the football there. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that's, it's not Jeremiah Hunter's fault. Um, It's not like if he was more athletic, he would have caught it. Like this man is a, maybe the best athlete on the team. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, just, just unlucky. Um, It's, it seemed when I was watching it live as though, when it was kind of in his lap, in his chest, um, it seemed like he had caught it or maybe he had caught it. And then I saw Mm -hmm. the ball kind of trickle away because like you said, it was, wasn't on the ground for so long. It was Mm -hmm. up in the air for so long. 
I figured someone had it. Mm. Like, had to have it. Maybe he was wrestling with someone for control of the football in the end zone, but someone had to have caught it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just didn't. Um, you know, again, just I think it's unlucky. Like, um, this game could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. And Plummer said after the game, we had him, we had him. Um, and it's true. Cal Cal had him. Um, it's just a couple couple little things and it the game would have been very different. Um, but that's how that's how it goes. Yeah. Um football, it's it's a game of inches. It's those moments that can swing games for better or for worse. Um this one, it had a lot of them, and that Hail Mary was perhaps the most consequential. Um you're right. It was there was a pile in the end zone. You couldn't even see the ball for a little bit. Um, I don't know if anybody knew what was going on in the end, though uh, it does fall to the ground. Cal loses the game, um, but it was a it was a it was a wild ride for sure for both teams. I guess to wrap up our discussion on Notre Dame. Well, one question I'm curious about uh, to ask you, Will. You've watched Cal football now for at least four years. In terms of heartbreaking or disappointing losses that you've witnessed. How does this uh, rank up on your list for you? Yeah, this is a, a completely different kind of heartbreak mm-hmm. what I've ever experienced. Um, I mean, there's the heartbreak of losing at Arizona 10 to three mm-hmm. um, after they were winless for 22 games or something mm-hmm. ridiculous. There's that kind of heartbreak, which is just, demoralizing mm-hmm. whereas this one it was all it almost felt like a win it was like it was as if you'd won but technically you hadn't mm-hmm. um that's how i that's how i felt after the game and so it goes in the loss column but didn't feel so bad okay um and you could i, th- I think um conversely like for Notre Dame after the game, Marcus Freeman being interviewed uh, by the NBC reporter. And she said, Hey, like, I know it was close at the end there, but um, this is your first win as Notre Dame head coach. How does it feel? Um, and he's just got sweat on his forehead. He's not smiling. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, well, you know, whatever he said, we, we pulled this win out. Um, didn't, I don't think it felt like a win for them. Mm-hmm. Like, it works out like it goes in the win column, but it does not feel like can't feel good. Um, almost losing to Cal or at least almost like almost going to overtime against Cal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a game that they should have won handily, uh, just on paper and they mm-hmm. didn't. Um, so yeah, just a completely different kind of heartbreak from what I've experienced before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it feels a lot better. Uh, and then the other kind of just um just like yeah just demoralizing losses that cal fans have experienced before yeah absolutely i think that's a that's a great way to put it and hopefully uh cal fans can still feel at least a little bit upbeat about some of the occurrences um i won't lie for me this one stung a little bit um just because Again, you can't worry about what ifs, but it really would have been, I think, a momentous victory for Cal to go into South Bend 
steal a win, move to three and zero. Also send the Irish to zero and three. That would have been fun, and they were they were very close. That's the other thing I think that hurts. Um, like the loss against Arizona, for example, Cal wasn't getting anything going. This one, it felt like we were almost there, and then to lose, basically to have hope, and then lose almost three separate times on that final drive that was that was tough and so um i don't know it's disappointing and i'm very curious to see now where the bears go from here and how cal can respond which i think is a great way to transition to the last few minutes of this episode and how we're going to close things out which is looking ahead a little bit to cal's game against arizona and so um i guess before we get into the game you've mentioned it a little bit uh, well, maybe give us a bit of a history lesson. What happened with Cal's game against Arizona last year? Um, for viewers who may, or listeners, I should say, who may not remember. Um, yeah, just, I guess, fill us in on, on the history of the matchup between these two teams and, and what Cal is looking to redeem this year. Yeah, so uh, last time uh, Cal and Arizona played uh, last season, um it was, I believe, Jed Fish is, is Jed Fish is the uh, head coach of Arizona f- football. Um, I believe it was his first win as head coach, um, mm-hmm. and and he only has uh, four total so far. Um, four as head coach, I think three as head coach of Arizona football. Um, Jed Fish actually beat Cal at his first ever win as a head coach he was the interim head coach at ucla uh i can't remember how long ago but he got a win against cal that was his first ever win. oh really huh. so he apparently does well against cal mm-hmm. um and in that game last season uh like we said arizona wins 10 to 3 um for those who didn't watch the game yeah cal's offense basically didn't show up that day um that i believe was the game that there were lots of players out uh, who could not play due to um, COVID-19 restrictions at the time. Um, A lot of players, as far as I understand, some may have had COVID, others may have had to take the precautions and not travel with the team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Either way, there there were players missing due to health guidelines, um, and quite a few of them, uh, I believe on the offensive line too. Um, so some some key uh, missing players, um, and yeah, it was it was just very difficult to watch. Um, Arizona student section stormed the field, um, which was uh, hard to hard to watch. Um, and so, like I said, it's not really heartbreak. That's more just like um, it's not even heartbreak. It's it's kind of. Uh, it just hurts. Mm-hmm. The Notre Dame game was heartbreaking. That that ten to three loss was not heartbreaking. It was just hard to watch. Um, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. In hindsight, it was even worse because Cal ends up one game short of bowl eligibility last year, um, and to drop that, give Arizona their only win of the season, um, who were and have been a bottom dweller in the Pac-12 for years. Um, it was tough. I did a little bit of background research and Arizona, they've had Cal's number for a while. They've actually won six straight. 
Cal has struggled against the state of Arizona in general um, and the Wildcats, despite, again, being among, if not the worst team in the Pac-12 over these past few years, they've been able to win against Cal. Um, and just to provide a little bit of background, they've been a terrible team, but this year they are slowly but surely turning things around a little bit because Jed Fish brings in a top 25 recruiting class and Arizona, just like Cal, they're sitting at two and one. Um, they've wrapped up their out-of-conference schedule, uh, wins against... South Dakota State and then also San Diego State, who are two very competent uh, non-Power 5 programs, also keep it close with Mike Leach and Mississippi State and their only loss. And so Arizona, they look a little bit better this year, actually, um, and I think it could be a good game. Will, you also talked to the sports editor of Arizona's newspaper. I guess, are there any insights or thoughts you have on to the team that Cal is up against this weekend and, and anything that Cal fans should know about them. Yeah, I think uh, the first thing Cal fans should know about Arizona is that uh, they have a new quarterback and he's very good. Uh, Jane Delara transferred from Washington state last season to join the Wildcats. Um, and he was uh Pac-12 freshman of the year mm -hmm. uh, and he started for Washington state. Um, so, you know, that should tell you something. Um, and he's playing very well. He fell off a little bit against Mississippi state. I believe he threw three picks against them. Um, but he is someone who, uh, Ryan wall, the editor of the, uh, sports department at the daily wildcat. Uh, he was saying he's not really a dual threat quarterback. Um, but someone who, certainly can use his legs. I believe he um, scrambled for three first downs mm -hmm. last week against North Dakota State, who we should remember, they're an FCS school, but North Dakota State um, regular, like they won the FCS championship last year. They're national champions in F FCS. Um, and they win pretty much every other year. Um, so Arizona beat a good school. Um They've got uh, Ryan also said that uh, they've got a great uh, linebacker core. Mm -hmm. um, I'm blanking on his name now, but um, got a got a couple great linebackers too. Um, he he said that uh, Arizona's pass rush isn't anything to write home about, um, and so I think that'll be an interesting matchup with Cal's O line. It's definitely struggled um, against pass rush and just struggled generally. Uh, they certainly struggled against UNLV. Um, so that'll be interesting. If it mm -hmm. has a little more time um, and Jay Hunt and uh, J. Michael Sturdivant and Maven Anderson have more time to work, um, that could be interesting. I mean, mm -hmm. could really have a big game there. Um, but yeah, Arizona's offense is the real deal. Um, so I, I think Cal's got to be ready for that. Mm. Uh, well, thank you. That's a great couple minutes uh giving us a nutshell i guess of what arizona looks like um jaden delora he's he's scary uh very confident passer and you're right maybe not a dual threat quarterback but he can run when he needs to um just from watching him play a little bit at washington state they dominated cal last year and he was a big part of that um and then again pac-12 offensive freshman player of the year and looking good this season too 
I still am not sure why exactly he chose Arizona, but it seems to be working out. And I think it means that we should have a good game in store. Finally, to end the episode, um, I'll give mine, but Will, I want to hear from you first. Uh, Give me your picks and score prediction for this Cal-Arizona game this weekend. Yeah, I think it'll be um, pretty high scoring, actually. I said the same thing about the Notre Dame game. Um, I believe I said 30 to 17, um, Notre Dame would win. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this one will be fairly high scoring. Um, A close game for sure. Um, It's homecoming for Cal. um, And I say that as if it means something, as if like Memorial Stadium is going to be packed and home field advantage is going to matter. But uh, I don't think I don't think that'll be a factor. I think uh, I think this this Cal team's different now. Uh, I think Cal wins it. Um, we'll go thirty to twenty six. It'll be a close game, um, but but Cal will win it. Okay, uh, I like that. I think I'm on a similar uh, train of thought to you. I think it'll be a good game. I don't think Arizona is a team that Cal can take lightly. Of course. They've had Cal's number, and now this year look better than they have in the past. I also think this is a big test for Cal. I think um, this is one they have to have if they want to make a bowl game this year with how much better the Pac-12 looks. And so I think this could kind of dictate the season where they go from here after a, a demoralizing Notre Dame loss if they can bounce back or if they continue to spiral a little bit. So we'll see. But I think it's a big game. I think it'll be a close game. Um, I do think Cal has an opportunity. Arizona struggled against the run. So I see a big day for Jaden Ott. I think he's going to put up numbers. I think the skill position wide receivers are going to put up numbers. I think it'll go down to the wire. Cal, I think, is around a four and a half point favorite. So Vegas expects this to be a close game. Cal always seems to be in these close games. So I don't think it'll be anything different. But at the end of the day, I do think Cal will have what it takes to bring it home in the end, though it could go down to the wire. And absolutely, I think an Arizona upset isn't out of the question. But I am going to go with Cal. Maybe I'll say a little bit less high scoring than you will. So I think maybe 24 to 21 Cal is my final prediction. Um, But no matter what happens, I think we should have another good game in store uh, coming up this weekend. Um, But other than that, Will, unless you have any final thoughts, I think that's going to do it for this episode of One Golden Moment. Um, To our listeners, thank you again for tuning in. Um, We have a lot to say about Notre Dame, a lot to say about Arizona, and we'll be back next week and every week covering Cal football. So thank you once again for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) 